Welcome to the youth-led podcast that is recorded from the Launchpad in Hanover, Ontario. What's Your 9 to 5 highlights the many different opportunities and stories that we hope inspire you. We want this podcast to be for everyone, wherever you live and whatever you do. So are you feeling inspired enough yet? Awesome. Keep listening. And when you're done, don't forget to get out there and chase your dreams. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. My name is Georgia, and today we're talking to Carl, who helps with the organization who runs the deck. Um, do you want to start by introducing yourself and just explaining what you do? Yeah, sure. Hey, Jordan, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm Carl. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, for myself, I'm, I, I think, some kind of basic background information. Married, three kids. I love sports, soccer, snowboarding, anything to do with outdoors. That's some kind of personal stuff, I guess. Um, but uh, as far as what I do, um, my elevator pitch that I give people, like the... Um, are you familiar with elevator pitches? Yeah. Yeah. So my elevator pitch, and I, I really worked on this for a long time. I've been doing this 15 years plus. So yeah, my elevator pitch is this. I'm a domestic missionary working for Youth for Christ, Youth Unlimited, doing youth ministry in Hanover. And I've been doing it since 2007. So that's my elevator pitch. And there's probably a lot there that he's just like, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, so, that's, yeah. sorry, that's what I was going to say is um, I'm just wondering, I'm not very familiar with what the deck is or what Youth for Christ is. So I was just wondering, what is Youth for Christ and what do you guys do at the deck? Yeah, okay. So well, my, in jo- my job involves, uh, as uh, my, my um, official title is ministry staff. So my job involves me creating and running programs to, and partnering with local other y- local youth organizations like the Launchpad to help run and organize youth events and programming and just build um, relationships with local youth so I can better build into their lives and help them make good choices and grow up to be, you know, awesome adults. Yeah. And for the deck, um, what are some things that you guys, because I know here at Launchpad we run drop-in, we do programs. What does the deck do? Like, um, yeah. if I were to want to come to the deck, <laughs> what would I be expecting? Yeah, so our main programming is our drop-in program. Uh, that's Tuesdays and Thursday nights from 6.30 to 9. Excuse me. I guess. Uh, <laughs> That's very unpodcasty. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So drop in as our main program, uh, and then right now we don't have a lot of other programs going because uh, we're kind of understaffed right now, which makes it hard with ratios and policies and uh, insurance stuff. But uh, we have in the past run supper clubs. Uh, I've run some Bible study stuff. Um, we do a lot of offsite. Uh, programs throughout the year so this past weekend we took three teens three of our volunteers and myself and two other staff we went to a youth conference uh, that was all about building leadership into uh, and uh, the youth that we brought and helping the staff and volunteers be better equipped to serve the youth that we work with Uh, and then we also do like off uh, weekend camping retreats and in the summer we do a couple summer camps and yeah, so that's that's about the gist of what we do. And we, there, the cool thing about working for the organization is uh, we're all over the place. Uh, Youth Unlimited. There are or there are different satellites and chapters that do 
all kinds of different things. So I, I got a friend who works for the organization in Kitchener, and his primary ministry, his primary program is he calls it Paint with Purpose, and it's a graffiti program. So people come up, hang out, they they draw, they do graffiti. Uh, he gets permission from local owners and t- the town to graf- draw on walls and graffiti stuff up, and so it's all legal and legit. But it's really cool. Like uh, the organization really gives a lot of flexibility to its staff to run programs that they're passionate about and that fit within the local youth uh, culture. Yeah, for sure. And um, you said you run drop-in Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Yeah. I've only been to the skate park. I've never been inside the deck, but I've always thought it looked cool. Um, I'm just wondering, what are some popular activities you guys do there? Yeah. So, yeah. So, for those who don't know, we are in the park uh, down where the skate park is, where the building that's right beside it. So, we have access in the summer. There's the park. There's the skate park. There's the, the river there. Uh, so, there's lots of activities that you can do outside. And then when you want to come in... And hang out. We have computers. We got video games. We got a ton of board games. Uh, we've got these. One of one of our staff. She likes puzzle games like Rubik's cubes and like brain teasers and things like that. So there's all kind. We got a bunch of that stuff. Um, we've got a killer snack counter. It's and uh, we got some bubble top hockey, bubble top hockey and foosball and. So we got all kinds of really cool stuff to that to, you can do, and it's all free except the snack counter. Snack counter is the only thing that costs money. So I've heard about the great snack counter. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty epic. Yeah, we 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 trick that thing out. <laughs> and are you always looking for volunteers? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, we do when when students have uh, we'll, we'll use the word capacity to be a, a volunteer when we feel like they have the the ability to and uh, leadership qualities to do that, then students can become student volunteers. um, And once you're over 18, you can be a full volunteer. And we've had lots of students come through our program uh, who are now or have been volunteers too. So it's, uh, yeah. But we're we're a nonprofit organization, so we never say no to volunteers. Yeah. (laughs) And you talked about leadership. Um, What are some other qualifications you might need to be a volunteer? are we talking like an adult volunteer? Um, either one. I'm sure people <laughs> listening are talking for adult volunteers. I'm talking for student volunteer. Yeah. Okay, for a student volunteer, uh, we want to see some uh, sort of some leadership qualities in you. You don't have to be like full on. I'm you know best leader, got everything together. No, nah, that's you know nobody's got it together. So you know you just if you've got you know some qualities in you that we can see and we can go, oh man, like he's got a lot of potential or she's, she's got some, something there that uh, if, if we work with her, it'll help grow those qualities that are really positive. Yeah. And they can, those qualities are usually qualities that um, influence fellow youth. So For sure. those, uh, we got a few youth that, um, you know, they went and, when other youth see them, they want to be around them. So those youth are like usually like the epitome of like who you would love to be your volunteers. But that being said, 
even the youth that uh, kind of are quiet and they just want to be helpful and nobody wants to hang out with them or whatever for whatever reason, right? Those youth even have great leadership qualities because they're willing to do some work and they're willing to be regular and uh, committed. And so almost any youth, I guess, has the potential to be that, that uh, leader we're looking for. Yeah. And how do you provide an income on donations? Now, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's not easy because, like you said, uh, I, uh, I get my income from donations, specifically from friends, family, local churches, and sometimes local businesses. So being a nonprofit, everything we do is uh, – raised through fundraisers or donations, including staff salaries. And at Youth Unlimited, staff are in charge of their own salaries. Uh, so if I don't raise enough support, I don't I either get my hours cut or I don't get paid or, so it's, it's, uh, it's not fun <laughs> if you're not doing well at it, but if you're raising your support well and you're putting in the effort and you're treating those donors as partners, which is the model that YFC really kind of uh, pushes that its staff do, is treat treat your, your donors like partners, not like a paycheck, right? Um, yeah, it, you, um, you, you, you can make it work. Um, I struggled for a long time I, in raising my support. Uh, Took me about two years just to get enough money to be paid ten hours a week, uh, and then eventually I got enough to get to twenty, and then now I'm at thirty. Um, but it really was just kind of like a mind shift set that you know raising this support's not a necessary evil of doing this work. It's actually a very uh, biblical model, and I'm not asking for money for my sake I'm asking money to from these people to help support me in this ministry to help uh, share with these youth uh, and build into these their lives uh, in a holistic way yeah and what does fundraising look like practically uh, so it looks there's there's two kind of levels for this uh, the first is kind of the, the more kind of overarching fundraising, which is uh, taken care of for the center itself. And that usually comes through in the form of actual fundraisers. So we do uh, several fundraisers throughout the year to raise support to pay the bills at the center. The other side is, like I mentioned, staff are in charge of their own salaries. We call it deputation. Uh, so deputation is the money that a staff brings in that is specifically for their salary. So anytime somebody donates money to Carl Eastman, that money is set aside for my salary. And to raise that salary, like I said, I, I have to meet with, connect with my family, my friends, local churches, businesses if they're open to it, and ask them to come alongside me and partner with me in doing this work, right? And they do. And part of, part of what I do to, to make that work is I, I meet, with, meet with them in person and make, that, make those requests. And I try to stay connected with them. 
um, on a regular basis throughout the year if they are supporting me because in this line of work, one of the quickest ways to lose a partner is to not show them gratitude and not be thankful, not thank them for their donation. Uh, so this is something that I've always kind of struggled with. I hate, I'm not great at getting on the phone and saying thank you, but I do things like I send out a Christmas card every year to people who support me saying thank you. I send out uh, a thank you card in the summer. Uh, this year I'm starting a new thing where I've, I've tracked down the birth dates of I still have a few more that I got to get, but I've almost all the people who support me and I'm going to be sending them birthday cards on their birthday. So just like things to show that I'm grateful for their generosity, uh, trying to stay connected. Uh, my wife and I, we, we, we started getting into this habit pre-COVID, then COVID kind of killed it and we're trying to get back into it now. But having some of these people over for dinner, uh, one, one, one group or one family on my list once a month, uh, for dinner kind of show that gratitude and uh, just reconnect and it's yeah it's all about relationship like doing the work I do with youth is all about relationship but raising my support uh, and raising for anybody that wants to get into this raising that support is all about relationship uh, one of the guys that trained me he always says the skills that it takes to be a great youth worker are the exact same skills it takes to raise your support yeah. because it's all relational, right? Yeah. If you don't have that relationship, you're not going to get that income flow that you need to do the work. Yeah, I was just going to say that builds great relationships, having people yeah. over for dinner and the yeah. birthday cards. Um, so you mentioned you have a family. Is it possible to have this lifestyle with a family? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, YFC Youth Unlimited, we, they pay their staff really well. Uh, there's there's op, a buy-in option for great benefits plan that we have. Um, I for my personal household situation, my income at 30 hours wouldn't support us in a, in a great way, but you can always live within your means. Yeah. Uh, my wife's job really is the what brings in the cheddar for our family. She's the breadwinner, um, but. Uh, I got a couple of friends that work in the organization and they're the sole income for their home. So yeah, if you put in the work to raise the support, then you can definitely live out, like live your life comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the age range at the deck? Uh, so we start around age nine and that goes up to age 18. And that's uh, our policies say that like, that's kind of for youth programming. That's the age bracket. Once you're past 18, uh, we have kind of liability and policy issues with, okay, you're over 18, unless you're volunteering, you can't hang out with the youth, Yeah. right? Um, so I, we've actually been, uh, have had and are trying to get back and get it started again, a young adults program so that once you turn 18, we're not saying, hey, yeah. get out the door, you're not, don't come back. You know, we have somewhere we can say, okay, you can't come to drop in anymore, but now you can come to young adult night, right? Yeah. So we're trying to get that back started. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's the age group. And uh, we don't really, here in Hanover, we don't uh, do anything younger right now. Uh, but there are some other chapters that kind of do do stuff like that. Yeah. And this is a pretty broad question, but what's it like working or volunteering at the deck? Um, just, 
you guys have all of that outdoor space. You guys have a pretty big age range. Yeah. What's it like? Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of like one of Youth Unlimited YFC's uh, core policy, kind of not policy, but like core beliefs is that like this should this this work should be fun. Yeah. Right. We're we're hanging out with youth. It should be fun. If we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. So yeah, it's it's a blast. Uh, the the fundraising side of it can get a little tedious. Um, yeah. uh, the policies and procedures are there's a lot of um, kind of red tape to cut through, like a lot of paperwork involved, some administration heavy. Uh, youth work's not what it used to be 20, 30 years ago. Um, but you know, once f- that's all on my side and. Once I figure that, once you fit, once once you figure that out and you start working, then it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Like I get to take twenty kids to a summer camp called Muskoka Woods every summer. Yeah, we go for free. Uh, they they uh, give the kids and even us the leaders like a pretty healthy credit at their tuck shop to spend on whatever we want. And it's an amazing summer camp. Yeah. And, like, I just, they take care of everything. So I just get to hang out with my youth, build relationship with them, and do these crazy fun activities. And it's, it's like, an amazing, fun week. And I get to do stuff like that all throughout the year. So, <laughs> I can like, like, a few weeks ago, I took three uh, three boys uh, with my, my supervisor and I. We went to the Blue Mountain with three, of, three boys from the drop-in center. With snowboarding, like how is that not an awesome job? Yeah, right? exactly. Like that's so good. Yeah, I've heard um, Muskoka Woods was supposed to be my eighth grade grad trip, but COVID oh, happened, no. so I never yeah. went. Um, but since then, I've heard a lot about like some of the kids who come here went to Muskoka Woods with you guys last yeah. summer, like a good amount of them actually, yeah. I think. And There's they a lot have of crossover not... between us and Launchpad. Yeah. yeah, and they have not stopped talking about it since it happened. I was like, I'm gonna have to go to Muskoka Woods at some <laughs> yeah. point. It's it's pretty dope. <laughs> and for the young people listening who haven't been to the deck, what can they expect coming to the deck for the first time? Um, if you're coming to the drop-in program, it just you're gonna you're gonna meet some really friendly adults that are gonna want to know your name and make joke around with you, myself included. And uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a blast. There's there's a lot of really cool stuff to do. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you bring some friends, you'll have some more fun. If, yeah. if you don't bring some friends, you're going to make some friends. I guarantee it. So, yeah, it's just a really welcoming, warming, warm environment. And um, one of the cool things about it, I think, is that the youth keep coming because it's kind of like it's their space. Yeah. Right. It's it's um, it really it, like we run everything, but especially during a drop in night. Yeah, it's it's theirs. Yeah. And you mentioned Muskoka Woods and Blue Mountain. Um, what are some other specific highlights uh, from working at the deck? Um, yeah, uh, one of my big things. I always, I always get a kick out of going to places like Muskoka Woods and uh, other other summer camps um, because I, I get to see youth grow in incredible ways, and uh, there's there's a huge sense of pride that comes with that. Um, like we used to do a summer camp just outside of Durham and one of the days during the week we would do like a day trip and we'd uh, go check out some sites around the area go for a hike or something and then we'd go to um, the campground the 
just outside of town, just uh, between here and Durham. And they've got a bridge that crosses the Saugeen River. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah. They got You can jump off this bridge, and it's like, it's got to be 12 to 15 foot jump yeah. from the top of this old railroad bridge. And man, like seeing youth climb up there who are terrified and they just kind of stand there and they're just like, I can't do that. And then to see them finally jump, there's just like this well of pride and victory for them. And like, yeah, being able to celebrate victories with youth, seeing them overcome and triumph and uh, and struggle through and push through to the other side. That's, that's probably one of the highlights I have, uh, seeing those things happen. Those, that's always always a big one. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, I think I got more here. Let me check my notes. Uh, <laughs> I just found them. Um, yeah, Muskoka Woods is always a highlight. Yeah. Um, oh, so over COVID, this is, this is something I'm personally proud of. Um, COVID, COVID was a real shot to a lot of youth ministries and, and, and youth programs and social programs in general, right? Because we couldn't, we couldn't meet, couldn't connect. Uh, one of the things I started doing right away was uh, we have permission forms. So when you, one of the things you got to do when you come to the drop-in or drop-in program is we need you to fill out, a, take a permission home form home to your parents. We yeah. need this permission form filled out annually. Well, on those permission forms is contact information for parents. So one of the things I started doing right away when COVID hit was I started emailing the parents every week saying, hey, this is what's happening this week. Because every week was a, a different thing. Yeah. Like who knew, we knew, no one knew it was happening week to week the, over the last two and a half years, right? So yeah, every week it's just like, hey, this week we're meeting online. This week we're able to social distance and do a game outside. And this week uh, we're back online. <laughs> so it's real, really helpful to stay connected. And we were able to stay connected with about 10 youth throughout that whole period. Anytime we were able to open up temporarily for whatever reasons or meet together social distance these same youth showed up because I was intentional about connecting with the parents and letting them know and we've continued to do that since we were able to open up uh, last March and that that's really allowed our numbers to just like skyrocket yeah so that I really like that um, uh, another I like uh, another highlight would be when youth kind of transition from being youth and they want to keep sticking around and they want to volunteer. Uh, that's that's always really cool because then you get to see these youth who you spent so much time and energy building into. And now they're just kind of they're doing the same thing. Yeah. They're, they're spending time and energy building into the next generation, which is, which is really, really awesome. Um, and then the last thing I would say, and this is like this probably peaks it for me in terms of like the coolest things, the biggest highlights is we're, we're a Christian organization and I love being able to introduce kids to God moments. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, for, for those that (laughs) I guess a lot of people probably don't understand what I'm saying there, but, uh, I believe that God is active in our world and he interacts with us regularly and he creates up like divine appointments between two individuals that just like how that happened or he sets sets things into motion and a lot of times we're just blind to them we don't we just think it's just circumstance or or dumb luck or whatever and I personally don't believe any of that 
I don't believe in luck or anything. So being able to say, look at a kid and go, that thing that just happened, that that's a, that's God, dude. That's that's God acting in your life on your behalf, right? A, a good example would be like last over COVID, we weren't able to go to Muskoka Woods, but one of the two years we were able to send a couple of students to their regular programming outside of what we do with them. And one of the, those students came with us this past summer to Muskoka Woods for what well, uh, with, with our group. Well, as we're hanging around at Muskoka Woods, she ends up running into uh, her old, uh, what do you call him, counselor, her camp, her, her bunk counselor. But the way it happened was insane, right? So you gotta, you gotta take into account that <clears throat> staff at Muskoka Woods aren't hired on a long-term contracts, like multiple years. They're hired in every year you have to reapply. So there's that. So that, that, that person being rehired there's a good chance, especially if they're a good counselor. Uh, but it's not guaranteed, especially because a lot of these counselors are hired from uh, other countries. They, they hire in from other countries for a lot of these positions. Then she didn't even meet her. She didn't even see her. The way it happened was we were standing in line for lunch, and this Muskoka Woods staff just starts talking to me. And I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. Oh yeah, you're you're Timber Grove. You're you're that you're that crew that comes in, right? The twenty people. Yeah, like, yeah we're having a blast. You know, we usually come every year. Last year we were, we were we were able to send a few students, even though we couldn't come. And, and uh, oh man, and then she's just like, oh yeah, I think one of my students. Oh no, <laughs> this is what happened. I said, yeah, one of the, the one of the students we sent last year is right uh, over there. And I look behind me and I point at her, and she she doesn't see me point. But the, the Muskoka Wood staff just kind of looks past me and goes, oh, <gasps> and she sees who it is and she lights up. And then she kind of screams and hollers her name and then the student turns around and sees her and she lights up and they like run and they hug and they're like hugging and talking and catching up in front of me. And I'm like, I'm no longer part of this conversation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just like the way it all unfolded, the, the chances of that uh, reacquaintance happening just like in my mind the odds are against that happening yeah that's a that's a god moment that's that's god acting to have these two people reconnect and yeah that's it's so cool those are all great moments and sorry i was really far from the mic i might say that again and then we'll cut it out um those are all great moments and i also love that you said like watching youth grow and watching them transition from youth to volunteers because like I started at Launchpad when I was 14 but I was never like a youth who came for drop-in I started as mm. a volunteer and I stayed as a volunteer right. until I got the job Very but cool. a lot of the kids that I started seeing come here when I was 14 were like just turning 12 and now they're 14 which is like crazy to think because that's when I started here and to know how much I've changed in the past two years but they're 14 and they're already saying, oh, I want to volunteer this summer. Like, I can I help with these ca summer camps and these summer camps? And it just it's such a weird thing to think about the fact that two years ago I was in the same position as them. But they've been at Launchpad coming to our drop in service for the past two years. What I'm saying makes no sense. It's going back and forth. But no, I, get I just it. I get it. it's a really good it's a really good response. Yeah. Um, what is the vision of the deck and what are you working towards? So 
like I said, we're we're a Christian organization. We don't shy away from that. Uh, we believe that uh, in in holistically ministering to to the youth we work with. That means we minister to them. We we connect with them and help them fi- in physical ways, emotional ways, mental ways, social ways, and spiritually. Uh, connecting. We believe that connecting all of those parts of who we are together and building into all those parts is really crucial in what we do. Um, Yeah, and and we do that by building authentic relationships with every youth that comes through the door. Uh, We don't want to just, like our only agenda is to build a relationship, be be a friend, be someone you can talk to. And, and, and help you walk through your adolescence so you can start at adulthood well and w- continue to walk through with you through your, your adult years uh, and st- try and stay connected. Um, uh, like the, when, uh, and that kind of plays out through the Young Adults Program, through youth becoming volunteers, and just kind of like transitioning that mentor relationship or that to something that's more of an equal footing relationship, like as friends. Yeah. And what do you hope for the Graybruce area? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Graybruce has got a lot of problems. Yeah. It's a great place. That I love Hanover. I was born and raised here. Um, I can't think of anywhere else I want to live. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of places I want to go <laughs> see and visit, but... Hanover's a great place to live. But Gray Bruce has got his problems. Um, and, yeah, so when it comes to, to youth in this area, drugs, alcohol, and homelessness are kind of like the big issues. Um, homelessness might not seem like an issue, but it is. We've, we've had a number of homeless youth come through our doors. Uh, usually homelessness especially for youth uh looks more like couch surfing but yeah. but they don't have a home they're, they're 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 not tenting out like some of the adults in the summer and stuff they're they're landing on friends couches for a couple nights and then they have to go because they can't stay there any longer they go somewhere else so homelessness is a pretty big issue um and yeah the Alcohol abuse, I don't know if you're aware, but Gray Bruce is like got one of the highest levels of alcohol uh, abuse in, uh, I think it's might be Ontario, or Hanover, this area anyway, uh, has got a high, high, high alcohol abuse rate. Um, there's, uh, I was looking at some of the statistics trying to prep for this, uh, but yeah, like you can, you go to the Gray Bruce mental health website and there's, stati- you can find statistics there. I have a, a few here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll ramble them off. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, and then drugs kind of goes along with that, um, especially with the legalization of marijuana. Um, so, yeah. Um, those those issues, those issues really kind of strike at me. So when I see youth coming in and they're, I know they're involved in, in those worlds, it breaks my heart a bit because uh, I don't think they fully realize the damage they're not only doing to themselves physically and mentally, but there's there's big damage there emotionally, like all like that whole holistic thing I was just talking about, right? Like 
they're hurting themselves physically. They're going to hurt themselves emotionally. They're going to hurt themselves mentally. Socially, they're putting themselves in a bad place. And then spiritually, it's, it's, it feels like a rut you can't get out of. Um, so, and then on top of that, all three of those issues lead to hopelessness and suicide, which are also big issues in our area. Yeah. So, yeah, like my hope would be that we, we have, a, we, we can steer our cult, culture in general in this area, but especially youth culture in this area away from those things to more healthier outlets. Yeah. It's an easy hole to fall into like yeah. when you're in high school and it, I feel like the ages that it starts at gets younger and younger every single uh, year. Yeah. Um, and lastly, what advice do you have for the young people who are listening? Uh, so yeah, uh, my, my big thing would be, yeah, make good choices. <laughs> my wife does this great thing and I, that I wanted to share with you. She, she's always talking about her future self or her past self. Uh, in a way that's like, oh, man, I'm so glad my past self decided to do that. It make, it's, make, it's made my life so much easier. Oh, I, I'm going to do this right now so that future self uh, likes me, right? <laughs> it's just it's like this kind of self-talk, right? Like, but it's all about just making good choices so that your future self will appreciate it. Um, spend, uh, spend time, spending time with, uh, friends who make those good choices or help you make those good choices uh, will directly impact. Like that's who you choose to be, hang out with will have a huge impact on your life now, but also in the future. Yeah. Um, f- another big thing would be find finding adults more more than one, as many as you can find. The more adults who are in good places in their life they're not going to be perfect but you know they make they obviously make good life choices the more adults who make good life choices you have in your life that you can not only look up to but can speak truth into your life and help you make good choices uh, is is a huge key to being for, for a teen launching into adulthood well um and then I think the last thing would be like think think independently, right? Uh, just because the the herd is heading in the direction of X, Y, or Z, doesn't mean it's good for you or good in general, right? Steps being able to think independently and step back and look at the situation and go, ah, maybe that's not a good idea. And going the opposite direction is is crucial for you know, living a good life in general and launching into adulthood well, which should be the goal for every teen. Yeah. I love all of those answers because those are all things that I've slowly been learning for the past two years. So they're really relatable. Yeah. And I think it's also funny that you mentioned that your wife says that because I never thought about my life like that. And one of my friends always says, you've created your past and you're currently creating your future Mm. or something like that. And I never thought about my life like that, but it is, it's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, that's all we've got for today. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great episode. Yeah. And we'll see you next time on What's Your 9 to 5. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to get in touch with us on our Instagram, what's underscore your underscore 9 to 5. We'll see you next Wednesday. Now don't forget to get out there and chase your dreams.